Can you sit closer to your microphone? You're getting echoey again. No! Bitch. Do it. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Hello. The internet is unending pain. <laughs> I agree. So says your username. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the internet is a wonderful and terrible thing all at the same time. Indeed. How are you doing? I am fine. Busy that is day. Good. Busy day of work and now I'm not working, but it's kind of working, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. How's your day? It's going okay. I also went to work and I'm now not working, but sort of working. <laughs> <laughs> so, work. Yes. The, <laughs> sorry, yes. So, work, huh? That's a yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there more coming? I was trying to think about how to, occasionally my coworkers will bring in tasty foods for others Yum. to enjoy. Excellent. The other day, one of my coworkers brought in lasagna. Yum. But then she told me she didn't have enough for everyone, so she was only letting some people know about it. <laughs> okay. So I decided not to have any because I personally do not feel okay with not sharing with everybody. Yeah, that's kind in of that you. situation. Yeah. I didn't tell her that because it's like yeah. I'm not causing work drama. But right. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my fun for the week, I guess, at work. Ooh, fun work drama. It was thrilling. Dramania. <laughs> Dramna. Dra- yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah. What did I have? Oh, my work drama for the week was that they set off a bomb alert to all of the computers on campus, but it was just fake and it wasn't actually supposed to go through and there was no bomb and it wasn't even supposed to be a drill but that happened oh no yeah yeah they were testing out the new alert system and it was not supposed to go to all computers on campus but it did (laughs) that's worrisome yeah yeah it was a little disconcerting yeah but it was weird because none of the fire alarms were going off and we're also supposed to get texts and automated phone calls right. and emails and none of that was happening. So me and the lab coordinator were there like, what is going on? Because I was sitting in a classroom and I just noticed that two classrooms over, the screen was facing me. The computer in my room wasn't doing anything, but two classrooms over, I'm like, that's a weird thing for that screen to be doing <laughs> that I can see in my line of vision here. I'm going to go read what that says. Oh. Yeah, it was weird and good times. Oh, and now dear. everyone's angry. <laughs> yeah. At the IT people for obvious reasons. Yeah. Did somebody yeah. get fired over that, do you think? Not likely. No. That's, that's all that, good. I was going to say, we're I all guess. union, but actually, I don't think that this guy, the, the IT director, would not be union, but mm. other people in IT would be union, so they'd be hard to fire. Time to overthrow the leadership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. Maybe it was all a plot. Just to get rid of them. Eviscerate the proletariat. Yes. Time to pull a coup. (sighs) And tomorrow, someone's coming to my house to take away the piano in my basement. (gasps) Nice. That's exciting. I'm paying them for it, but I'm still excited about it. That is good. When we ended up getting rid of a piano that we had, we had to pay someone to come and get it too. Because we had moved it in ourselves and we're like, yeah, we're definitely not moving it back out of here ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. It was miserable. This, yeah, this one was left in the house, and it's not in good shape. Yeah. So it's time to get rid of it. It's just taking up space that I currently need. Right. And and it was time, so it's happening. I found a guy uh, store somewhere in Connecticut. So their website actually listed, like... When you Google piano removal, one, you get a lot of piano movers, and then you get junk haulers. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the junk haulers websites will be like, we try our best to, you know, repurpose or recycle things. Mm -hmm. But this guy's website, because he's a piano person, 
his website was like, I'm going to do this with this piece and I'm going to do this with this piece and this is what we do with this. And I was like, that's great. You have a specific plan. Yeah. You take apart the piano, use what you can. I like that. I'm going to use you. That is nice. I think we just used a junk hauling company, but I wish we had gone with someone like that because recycling and reusing is always better than trashing. Yeah, he said that the big, what is it, the cast iron piece in it? Yeah. He said they send that to China. Oh. Because most pianos are made in China now. Oh. Hmm. Like I most no things, I feel well, like, in the I world. To say. <laughs> yeah, pretty much everything's made in China. Yeah. It's fine. Interesting. So that's my fun for tomorrow. Because I have not yet cleared the way for the garage and definitely left them the impression that the garage was empty ah. by the picture I sent them, I need <laughs> to, tomorrow morning, clear that out. <laughs> eh, just a path is fine. Yeah. A path is that is wide enough will be just fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can put some, some shrubberies on it. Yes! <laughs> and then cut down the largest tree in the woods. With a heading. You know what looked like they had cut down lots of trees oh, yeah. in the woods? I bet I do know what you're going to say, but what are you going to say? The people who very poorly hid the cave on this planet. Right? Yeah, what the hell was up with those giant piles of lumber? Or not don't even know. lumber, just trees. Shredded trees. And, right. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was weird. weird. Yeah. I'm like, maybe at some point, like, they hid the opening? I don't know. But I'm like, mm. this is a weird pile of trees, guys. I think that looks suspicious. Right? But yeah. <laughs> we could also say, you know who should have had a bomb scare but didn't? <laughs> the people on this planet. <laughs> yes. Yes, they should have. Yes. They were meant to. Poor yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Except the guy didn't call the alarm. So here we are. Nope. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 20, The Sentinel. And it started with a flashback. Of apparently season two, episode 14, which was Touchstone. Big giant hanger. There's a DHD in a truck. And there's a guy jumping into the horizontal toilet gate. And they left out the part where Jack was shooting at the unarmed man <laughs> jumping into the horizontal toilet gate. And then the guy tells Hammond about the hanger, even though they just showed us the scene from the hanger. <laughs> Oh, no, someone stole the Touchstone, which, of course, you all remember is that thing that controlled the weather, which... I would probably not have remembered if they didn't show that very <laughs> idealistic view of the like big lake and everything. But whatever, okay. here we are. Mayborn visited Jack at home back when Mayborn still had a job and <laughs> at least seemed respectable. <laughs> and Jack talks to a guy in a magic eight ball who tells him to steal all the stuff. And then the Asgard come and retrieve all the stolen stuff. And Hammond arrests everyone for high crimes against the U.S. and its allies, including Colonel P- Makepeace. Remember Makepeace? Because oh, I didn't yeah. be there until just now. <laughs> and preview and flashback. Woo. Good job. Thanks. SG9 hasn't come back from wherever they are, and they're overdue by like 11 hours. And Uh-oh. that's not good. Hammond is in the control room and tells Walter to dial on up and try to get in touch with Major Benton, who apparently is in charge of SG9. SG-9, if we recall, is the diplomat team. Oh, I totally forgot that. Yeah. Good call back. <laughs> yeah. While they're dialing, Jack comes up and is like, pay attention to me. <laughs> I brought you this late report. Look at me. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> he then decides to ask what is going on. So Hammond lets him know they're trying to get in touch with SG-9 who were on planet Latona. Yes. Yes. Which, if we hadn't guessed by the flashbacks, is one of the planets that the NID people went and tried to steal technology and stuff from. Yes. But not the Touchstone planet, which is what I had thought initially when they were talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Different planet. Apparently they visited a lot of places. Multiples of planets. Yes. (laughs) SG-9 has been at it for months trying to get the Latonin people to talk about their very special defense weapon called the Sentinel. Supposedly it defends the entire planet, so of course the SGC is interested, as was the NID, who probably did something bad. That's a fair bet. Yeah. They finish dialing. 
Hammond radios on and he does not get the major. He instead gets Sergeant Grogan. If we recall, he is one of the uh, the tryhard kids from the episode where Jack was testing them all. Right. Not to yeah. be confused with a Krogan or Grogu. Exactly. Yeah. His message to Hammond is very broken up. They can't really tell, but they do hear that there's Jaffa and perhaps they're under fire. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're very concerned about this. Quite. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> Credits. 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 After the credits, Hammond and SG-1 are watching some home movies. There's a guy off screen, which is apparently Greaves, which, did I even say his name? I don't think I would have even known who it was supposed to be if I didn't have the transcript here, so. Oh, yeah, I don't think at this point they say who's talking. Yeah, this is one of the bad guys that was working for the NID, talking to the leader of this planet named Marul, who is totally the neighbor from the Burbs, so that really explains (laughs) a lot about what's going on in that movie. (laughs) Guy's not from Earth. Explains so much. (laughs) Yeah. Graves is trying to get Marul to talk into the camera, but Marul is like, where are your friends that you want me to talk to? Are they going to see me? It didn't go well. So they just end the video. And Jack just says under his breath, rat bastard. And Daniel's like, oh, he looked like a nice guy. But no, Jack was talking about Greaves, who was the one doing the filming. Then they go into his backstory about how he was one of the NID people that was convicted of high treason. They were trying to, on this planet anyway, steal the Sentinel, which was the thing that was keeping them safe from the Gould. It sounded kind of like a Thor's hammer kind of deal, but maybe bigger scale because it was also keeping them safe from ships and stuff. Larger things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they were supposed to have invented it themselves, so. Yeah, I think that. Was my impression. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Okay. So the Latonans did not ever let Greaves' team have access to the Sentinel because it's this big, hallowed thing. They consider it pretty sacred, so they weren't going to let them anywhere near it. And Daniel's like, you don't think it's possible for an NID operative to lie? Teal'c very sincerely says, I believe it is, Daniel Jackson. (laughs) It is very silly. Yes. (laughs) Long story short, they're pretty sure that Greaves was lying when he said they didn't do anything to it because it seems that the Sentinel is not working because there's clearly Jaffa on the planet now as evidenced by the fact that they were shooting at Grogan, Grogu, Krogan before. (laughs) And that probably has to do with why the team went missing and did not return when they were supposed to. Much to everyone's dismay, they're going to go talk Specifically to Greaves and Kershaw and not anybody else on the team. I don't know why, but Greaves and Kershaw only. Yeah. Yeah. So they go. Well, Jack goes, actually. (laughs) Jack goes to see Greaves, who's led into a room by guards, and he is excessively chained up. (laughs) He's also a completely different actor that does not even look remotely like the original Greaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This I, this was the only episode this guy is in. So <laughs> I was really confused because I was like, "Wait a minute! I thought this was supposed to be the guy that was in the Magic Eight Ball at the beginning. Is this? Did does he just look really different? Like, did he have a hat on? Because this guy's bald." So I actually rewound it to look, and no, the guy in the Magic Eight Ball had a full head of hair and blue eyes and a broad <laughs> chin, and this guy was, as I said, quite balding on top. Yeah. Very dark eyes and a narrow chin. I was like, all right, this is definitely not the same person. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I was confused. So I was like, am I just losing it? Yeah. He's very, very chained up. It seems unnecessary. The guard doesn't even want to leave, but Jack insists. <laughs> Jack makes some small talk. Had some visitors. You see Mayborn? How's your old team? Then they get right to it. He asks about the Sentinel and what they did to it. And Greaves is like, screw you. Jax lets him know SG-9's in trouble so they could use the help because it's your fault because you made this planet defenseless. Greaves, though, shoots back that Earth is defenseless because of Jack. Anyway, they're arguing about the past. Jack threatens to go talk to Kershaw instead, but then Greaves has a change of heart. 
He tells Jack that they were able to find the Sentinel on their own. They got through a force field. Within two weeks of them finding it, they had gotten in, taken it apart, and put it back together again. Good as new. But apparently not, because it's not working right. Jack tells him he wants him to write down how he got in and how to fix it. But Greaves is like, uh, you need to commute my sentence and also you need to take me with you. And also Kershaw, because this is too much for Sam to Sam out in the time they have. (laughs) This actor was starting to annoy me at this point. Not because there's anything wrong with the actor himself, but he didn't even sound the same as the other guy. The other guy had no discernible accent, whereas this guy was like from Brooklyn or something. So... It annoys me when they get an actor that is completely different from the original and are like, that's totally the same person. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even care. I found it distracting. Fair. Fair. I also appreciated the guilt trip that Greaves seemed to be trying to put Jack on because he was like, I was looking forward to meeting my new CEO and working with you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But no, Jack was just a lying jerk. (laughs) Meh. Me, poor Greaves. Feel so sorry for him. Life is hard. <laughs> Life is so hard, especially if you're Greaves. Yeah. In the SGC, Jack is back from the prison, and the rest of SG One and Hammond are all there, as well as Greaves. And they send a UAV through the gate. It is climbing into position, and they're getting a look around at what is going on on the other side. There's some Jaffa with some cannons. The weird vantage point of the cannon just kind of made it look like a tiny lunar lander to me, which (laughs) amused me. They've got a couple different groups of Jaffa over there with, I guess, a couple different cannons. And so they send some missiles through. Oddly, the missiles go straight up before coming back straight down on them, even though they're only like, I don't know, 30 feet from the gate. So I didn't really understand that trajectory, but whatever. I don't know how missiles work. I don't either. So I guess (laughs) I guess it's just. I don't understand missiles yet. (laughs) (laughs) So they took out one group of Jaffa, and then they sent out another missile, and there was another big explosion. This episode had a lot of explosions, so I did at least appreciate that much (laughs) of it. The Jaffa tried to run away, and then there's just like a big flare of light on their camera. Then there's no second group of Jaffa there anymore, so (laughs) they're going to guess that they're gone? they're gonna go through and hope for the best yes yeah they assemble in the gate room greaves meets up with kershaw again they say hi this was totally the same actor and she even had the exact same hairstyle ah (laughs) it's a fairly distinctive hairstyle that she had in the previous episode and also now gotcha jack orders sg3 through first to make a clean sweep of things i guess clean up any jaffa who <laughs> happen to live any clean up any jaffa bits yes <laughs> <laughs> for some reason he's like tilk you go too yeah that was weird i don't know why so they go greaves tells jack he's a little unhappy about being unarmed jack's like too bad kershaw makes a snide comment about daniel being an archaeologist I liked this part. Daniel Daniel <laughs> just is like playing with a knife and he's like, yeah, yeah I wish I knew the bullets, bullets going, going again. <laughs> it was very funny. It was. Yeah. I especially liked that it was a knife and not a gun that he was holding yeah. as, as, as he asked that. Yeah. <laughs> Jack says they're going to go figure out what they screwed up. And if you get any other ideas, he's going to shoot Greaves. And then they head out. That was it. <laughs> On the planet. SG-3 has already disappeared, even though it's only been a minute. But then Teal comes running back out of the woods to say that they did not actually manage to get all the Jaffa, and so the rest of SG-3 is trying to chase them down. But Teal came back to find SG-1, and they're going to try to go somewhere, either to the Sentinel or the city. I don't know which. So they head out to someplace. Daniel asks Jack out of curiosity how much time did he get off of their sentence and Jack's like well actually they'll get a few more years for helping us Daniel's like why would they get more and apparently it's because they were on death row so I guess now they're not yay hooray (laughs) they move along Sam asks how they found the sentinel 
they're coy about the answer and Jack's like, bribe the locals, huh? So even though this society is egalitarian and doesn't use currency, they were able to find something to give people. I don't I know. I wish they specified what, because yeah. they don't. Yeah. So and I was curious. They stop because Tilk motions for them to. And they come across a sleeping Grogan. <laughs> Jack takes his gun, which wakes him up. We're all happy to see Grogan hasn't been shot yet. <laughs> I was thinking, too, when he says that nobody else is left of his team, I was like, how are you the first one to always get shot? The only one left right now. Right? <laughs> Grogan escaped some Jaffa that were following him. And he passed out and they went right by him. So that's great. Convenient. Yeah. Good for him. Good job. He lets everybody know that the rest of his team is all dead. Grogan starts to talk about the Sentinel, but Jack's like, we already know. And that they're there to fix it. Or Sam says that. But anyway, Jack wants to know how long they think they have until the mothership gets here. Tilk says, "Mm, hours or maybe days. So that's a big amount of time. Quite. Jack has an idea. He wants to go into the city. Kershaw tells him it's a waste of time because the people do not know how to use the Sentinel. So they're not going to be of any help. But Jack's determined to go anyway to help these people out. Grogan's going to take Jack there while the rest of them head towards the Sentinel. Overlooking this city, Jack and Grogan... Look through their monocular, and even though they're an egalitarian society, it looked an awful lot like a wretched hive of scum and villainy to me. Because <laughs> it looked just like Moose Eisley. <laughs> Except that it had some trees in it, too. But the architecture was for sure the same. Jack wants a back way in there. It's a huge city, so... Only one way in or out. I was confused because I'm like, there's probably so many ways in. Which one is the back way? But Grogan (laughs) knows of a back way. So that's convenient. They're going to take that. Meanwhile, everybody else that is not Jack and Grogan find the dumping pile of trees that we were referencing at the beginning. Just so (laughs) like, how many feet tall? Like maybe 50 feet? Yeah, it was tall piles of trees. Huge piles of trees. Very weird. Just randomly in the middle of the woods. And apparently the entrance into the cave where the sentinel is, is through the giant pile of trees. <laughs> That's totally normal. Yep. Yeah. Daniel, Kershaw, and Greaves are going to head in. And Tilk and Sam are going to stay outside and guard the entrance until the inside team gets the force field down. And they can then access the machine and try to fix whatever's wrong. I thought it might make more sense for Sam to go in and try to help, but I guess they're going to maybe use Daniel as translator. Yeah, I don't know if it was more that Sam and Teal'c were the only ones with like combat experience who actually had weapons. (laughs) Yeah, I was also thinking Sam's probably more useful outside than Daniel would be, so I guess that makes sense too. In the city, we go to Marul's house or office i don't know what it is but it's a place where this guy marul is hanging out with a jaffa kathy do you know who this jaffa looked very much like to me who did he look like your brother (laughs) (laughs) before your brother had facial hair and if he was bald this guy just i don't know why but he reminded me very much of your brother he's currently (laughs) bald in fact oh is he yeah i don't know i've only seen him with a hat on so yeah yeah um, interesting. I yeah. did not get that, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. But to me, something about him reminded me very much of All right. It's probably the nastiness. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this Jaffa is mad that Marul has not had his people follow a curfew he has put in place. He goes on to say that Lord Svarog... <laughs> Lord Svarog. I looked it up, but I, it was some kind of Slavic god. They say he's a system lord, but he wasn't at that giant yeah. meeting of system lords, was he? I don't know. Did we get the names of all of them? I don't think so, but I don't think there was any kind of Nordic god there. Who knows? Maybe after they let Anubis in, they just opened the floodgates. Yeah, maybe. I thought that at least 
that it said all of the names in the transcript here and I wasn't really paying attention to them, but I don't remember there being a Svarag mentioned. No, but apparently there is. Anyway, yeah. And he is here to conquer them. The Jaffa says, baby, if you accept that Marul, you and your people might live to serve him. But Marul is like, we don't want to serve anyone. And the Jaffa threatens him. Marul's like, it's all good. The Sentinel is going to get rid of you and Lord Svarog. The Jaffa doesn't believe him because he's been there for three days already. And then the Jaffa leaves. Jack and Grogan show up right then. Were they waiting? Very convenient timing. Yeah. (laughs) Grogan knows Marul, so he tells him Jack's a friend. And he's come all the way from Earth just to see him. I bet he feels special for that. Mm. Marul's ears are real big. (laughs) They are quite prominent. And very detached. I was just thinking the earlobes, not his ears. That would be weird if your your (laughs) ears just float detached from your head as you walk around. Very disturbing. And then I was just fingering my earlobes through the whole thing. Anyway. (laughs) I have detached earlobes. Mine are attached. No. Weirdo. Yeah. That's true. Recessive trait? I think it's a recessive trait to have attached earlobes. I'm always recessive, so. (laughs) Anyway, genetics aside, (laughs) we're back in the cave. (laughs) It makes very weird noises. The cave? No, it does. Well, oh. the device does. Oh. <laughs> device. I didn't know where the noises were coming from. Weird noises oh, were happening okay. in the cave. I gotcha. The cave looks like they're in the middle of like a rose hedge or something. I guess it's supposed to be because it's made out of tree pile. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, they're in the cave. There's weird lights and weird noises. It's apparently the sentinel device. Daniel's poking at stuff. Kershaw <laughs> asks him not to do that. And... These are totally isolinear chips that they're poking around at. They look exactly like isolinear (laughs) chips. Even more so than the crystals that we frequently call isolinear chips. They're talking about how the sound is apparently harmonics that the machine is actually making, and they need to try to recognize a pattern to take the force field down. And Kershaw says that they've recorded over 100 different sounds here, so this might take a while, and probably Daniel should shut up. And so he stops talking, but then starts whistling instead, (laughs) which, why? If he was trying to mess with them when a bunch of lives are on the line, it's probably not the best time. I thought he was just being thoughtless. (laughs) (laughs) Also possible. So anyway, Kershaw gives him a glare and he gets the hint and stops whistling. Also, it seems really stupid to make a machine that's this hard to access in case something has gone wrong with it. Yeah, well, I mean, somebody has to get... In at some point. Yeah. Like, even if that jumping ahead, like, even if the person who's like the guardian of it lives inside, at some point they die. So they need to, like, get somebody else in there. Right. Exactly. Back in Marul's area, Jack has apparently offered for them to evacuate the Latonin people as many as possible. Marul is not convinced because the Sentinel will save them. It's never failed them before. It's not going to fail them now. Jack wants to know what's taking so long. Marul says he sent a messenger to the Sentinel to figure that out. Maybe it's waiting. (laughs) But he has absolute faith in it. Marul, when Jack asks how this happens, he does not really have an answer. He's just like, they're there, then they're gone. This is great. Wherever our ancestors sent them, poof, we are very happy. Grogan tells Jack all of the civilization has regressed technologically and nobody knows how anything works anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if we're on our way to that. <laughs> Giving all these science denialism that we're uh, starting to see more and more frequently. Well, I was always even thinking about when Jeff talks about people who don't know how things work. Oh, yeah, the like same the, way, the kids like younger, that, yeah. yeah. The kids that he has to deal with who have no idea how technology works. Yeah. yeah. Even though they utilize it. E- right. Even though they grew up with it, they yeah. still don't understand it. Marul tells them he saw the Sentinel once as a child. And Grogan says that that is what everyone says. Jack asks about the visit from Colonel Greaves in the NID. Rules like, he asked about the Sentinel, but we told him he couldn't see it because it's against our highest laws. 
But Jack's like, they did anyway, and then they broke it. Rural's like, no, I have this flame here. This flame on this table that's just sitting there. If the sentinel were not working, the flame would go out. I don't know how that flame works. <laughs> no, they say something about it having a dead man switch. Oh, later. yeah. <laughs> the point of all of this is that even though there's a bunch of Jaffa and the sentinel's not doing its job, Marul refuses to try to evacuate his people because they believe it'll be fine. Here's where that alarm could have come in handy. The evacuation alarm. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no. No. Back in the cave, there's some Jaffa coming up on the outside. Sam is hopeful that they're just going to pass by, but Teal'c is skeptical because he's pretty sure that those Jaffa followed their tracks there. <laughs> they radio to everybody inside, and they're not seeming like they're making any progress whatsoever. Daniel wants to give it a try, but Greaves is like, no, it's too complicated. <laughs> and then they hear gunfire outside, so some bad stuff's happening. Daniel agrees to give Greaves his gun so that Greaves can go help them outside, and meanwhile, Daniel's gonna take over trying to poke at the machine. <laughs> Greaves apparently appreciated Daniel trusting him enough with the gun that he spent just way too long looking meaningfully at Daniel and nodding before finally <laughs> turning around and leaving the cave to go be helpful. It's important to share moments during times of crisis. It, it was very weird to me. <laughs> Greaves goes outside the cave and joins Sam and Teal'c at in shooting the Jaffa. They've got to kill all of them so they can't report back. Sam radios to Daniel that he needs to get the force field down now because they cannot hold off all of these Jaffa. I would think that Tilk should be able to take out Tendrafa. Yeah, right? Tilk can do anything. Yeah. In the cave, Kershaw wants to know if Daniel knows what the hell he's doing. <laughs> and Daniel's like, blah, 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 mathematical progression, harmonic pattern, relative spectral equivalent. She's impressed. <laughs> so he keeps working. Yeah. Wherever Marul is, they keep talking about the Sentinel. Basically just going on about how the sentinel's going to come to the rescue and there's no need to empty the city. Just same conversation again. Jack's trying to convince him that they need to leave. So Jack wants to evacuate as many people as possible from this giant city that might be one of many, but I guess there's only ever one city on any planet. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Marul refuses to leave their world, though, and also doesn't want to tell anybody what's going on because he's like, what am I supposed to tell them that the people who doomed our world want to help us now? And then some explosions start happening outside. So the mothership is there and big loud voice booms over everything. I am Sfarong from this day forth. You will serve me. And then there's more bombing. Back at the cave. They're still all having to shoot out with the Jaffa. Sam asks what the hell he's doing there. <laughs> and I'm like, that seems pretty clear. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think she wanted to know why Greaves was outside with a weapon when he was not supposed to have weapons and oh, I suppose. was supposed to be <laughs> dismantling the force fields. They both observed the mothership arriving and starting to fire on the city. Sam tells him to get the force field down. Greaves is like... It's Daniel's turn. What do you want? I came out here and backed you up. So, you know, be happy or something. And yeah. anyway, I have no bullets left. So <laughs> Sam tells him to get back inside. Sam tells Teal she wants to see what's going on. So she yeah. goes in the cave too. Back with Marul. He wants to know where that voice is coming from. And Jack says it's part of the show and that there's a big ship <laughs> in orbit with really big speakers on it. <laughs> no, but whatever. <laughs> Sound doesn't travel in space. Anyway, not through a vacuum. Some random lady comes in. That's pointless. I'll skip over that. Uh, Jack asks if they have any other way of defending themselves, but no, they don't. From the cave, Sam radios to Jack. They have a little update of what's going on on both ends, and that there's... <laughs> Firing happening and 
on one end and no progress happening on the other. It's a very exciting update. <laughs> yeah. Jack tells Sam to hurry things up and Sam's like, I'm trying, but only so much we can do when we have no idea how the hell this thing works. Jack tells Marul that they have to abandon the city yet again and go to the gate. Grogan joins in the argument and tries to help convince Marul. And then they also start warning him about exactly what is going to happen to their people and how they'll be enslaved and taken over as hosts and everything will be terrible. But Marul's like, oh, no, my people are innocent. And then more bombs start hitting the city. And oh, no, the cantina. (laughs) That's pretty much it. (laughs) In the cave, Daniel and Kershaw are still working on getting the force field down. He tells Kershaw she almost had it. Just the last two colors were in the wrong order. And them playing with this kind of reminded me of that little cave on Ginger Island in Stardew Valley where you have to play with the tones to like yeah. get some golden walnuts. Yeah. It's very important. It is. I think so. <laughs> it's the most important game ever. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel then touches or moves something and then they get in. Woo. They radio to Sam to let her know they're in. Outside, Teal'c warns that even more Jafar are coming at them. So they've got to get inside and get behind the force field and have Daniel put it back up immediately. In the SGC, Walter tells Hammond that there is an incoming transmission and it is Lawrence from SG3 giving an update on the mothership that has arrived and that everything is terrible and they're still holding the gate for now, but they don't know for how much longer and they could use some backup. But instead of sending backup, Hammond's like, well, do your best and then come home. (laughs) (laughs) Then Hammond tells Puelter that one of the planets he was talking to was so angry about what happened with the NID people that they're not talking to him anymore. And I thought this was a really weird time to bring that up. (laughs) And then Hammond just goes back to his office. I think he was trying to show that Greaves was dangerous. But at this point, I already feel like Greaves is on Team SG-1. Yeah, that's what I thought at first, too, because he was talking about how Greaves killed some people. But then Hammond spent more time talking about how they weren't able to (laughs) reestablish diplomatic relations. That seemed to concern him more than Greaves killing people since he had just said he wasn't worried about SG-1. So, okay. Yeah, so, I'm like, true. all right, well, Greaves yeah. killed people, but you're not worried about SG-1. You're just worried about that other planet? I don't know. It was weird well, to me. It just seemed like a weird thing to say at that time. Does Hammond really need to worry about SG-1? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> In the cave, they've reached the actual Sentinel device, which kind of just looked like a tower a pillar of crystals or whatever yeah see this to me kind of looked like the force field thingy from star wars ah that obi-wan had to shut down (laughs) force field generator there we go there we go (laughs) my brain couldn't word (laughs) words are hard greaves is having a look at it with kershaw over his shoulder but she's like you know we put this back together right and it's fine. And he's like, no, we missed something. And then tells her to shut up or go help Daniel put the force field back on. Meanwhile, Tilk has reached his limit of being able to take on the hordes of Jaffa. So he <laughs> backs into the cave. Let's Sam know there's a battalion of warriors and several gliders. That's bad. But fortunately, Daniel is ready to put the force field back up. And they're going to run inside before he does that. In Marul's chambers, he tells Jack to save themselves, but he's going to stay there as long as the flame burns. And I was wondering, what about all the people in this city? He tells Jack to save themselves, but doesn't say anything about whether or not he's going to have them leave. So it was very vague as to what is happening here. But Marul was insistent that as long as it burns, the caretaker lives, which we all know, according to Voyager, he is dead. We all (laughs) saw it. Yes. (laughs) So there's no caretaker, despite the fact that this flame is still burning. Jack wants to know who the caretaker is, but Marul can't talk about him because it's against the law. Good grief. Yeah. 
in the cave, Sam is almost out of ammo. She's still firing. I guess she's outside of the force field. So Daniel tells her to come on back in. <laughs> and Daniel's like, can't everyone just stop shooting for a second? <laughs> can't hear what I'm doing. <laughs> so I didn't really even see like what happened with Kershaw. How did she get shot? I thought she was inside the force field. She was inside, but the shot got through right before it went up. Okay. So Kershaw got shot. Yeah. And, ow, it hurts. <laughs> she says. Indeed. I assume it would. Yeah. Force field's up, though, so everything's going to be fine. Just fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jack radios to Sam to let her know they've got to find someone called the caretaker, a hermit who lives near the Sentinel and takes care of it. Oh, why have you come back? You don't have what I need. But before any further communication can happen, the Jaffa turn up and Grogan gets shot with a Zat gun. Figured that would happen eventually. Yeah. And then they Zat Jack too, just for funsies. Then Kathy's brother comes in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells Marul that they've found the Sentinel. He demands Marul tell him how to disable the force field. Marul says it's against the law, but really he doesn't know anyway. So I'm not sure why he's yeah using that argument. I don't know. But he's, the Jaffa's like, you're going to sacrifice your own life and defy me. And Marul's like, yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'd defy your brother every chance I got. Yeah, yeah, well, who wouldn't? (laughs) In the cave, Sam tries to call to Jack, but there is, of course, no response because he's unconscious on a floor somewhere. But Sam just assumes that it's because the force field is blocking her signal. Kershaw is, again, insistent that they know that they put the machine back together exactly as it was before, but Greaves again says that they must have done something different. Daniel says that he recognizes some symbols on a random panel that has writing on it suddenly. He doesn't know the language, but he can recognize at least a few of the things, such as life force or life energy and two as one, whatever the hell that means. But Daniel's like, it's got to be important or else they wouldn't have written it down and put it here. I write down unimportant things all the time and put them in places where people will think it's important. So one day they'll be very confused. <laughs> Kathy. Yeah. Did you make the Voynich manuscript? I did. <laughs> I also know how to time travel. <gasps> wow. And actually, it's not nonsense. It's the key to time travel. What? So good luck. Figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, you're so mean. <laughs> yeah. But it was, you know, so long ago that I forgot how I've technologically regressed myself. So. <laughs> you're the worst. Yep. Can't you just like fly backwards around the sun or something? Slingshot I can't back to fly. I can travel through time and it can't fly. Come on. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> Kershaw guesses, what if the caretaker was required, like the actual guy himself? Not Maybe there isn't anything wrong with the machine, but the guy that was supposed to be there, that is not there for reasons they haven't told us yet, maybe that's why the machine doesn't work. And then we get a flashback of them killing the caretaker, <laughs> so that's why the caretaker is not there. He apparently snuck up on them, and so Greaves shot him. They weren't even close, and he didn't have a gun. He had a spear, and Greaves shot him. Yeah, it was dumb. (laughs) Also, where was this guy when it took them, like, two days to get into the cave? Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Good job, caretaker. Seriously. Maybe he just assumed that the force field would be good enough, and so was like, nah, not gonna worry. Everything's fine. Yeah. (laughs) We leave the flashback. Greaves defends his decision. They were to retrieve technology that could save Earth at all costs. He defended himself. Kershaw says they should have taken him into the city because he wasn't dead and they could have saved him. (laughs) Mostly dead. He's slightly alive. And we get another flashback of that where Greaves is a total douche. Yeah. And is like, we're just going to let this guy die, but maybe he can have some pain meds. I guess that's okay. Yeah. 
Grease is like, you shouldn't have snuck up on me like that. Yeah, how dare he sneak up on you after you broke into (laughs) what I guess is like his home or his workplace or whatever you want to call this. The caretaker does also ask to touch the sentinel just once, which I can only imagine would then disappear Greaves and Kershaw, although Mm. I don't know if it works behind the force field. The caretaker also warns that when he dies, Marul will know. And then we're back out of the flashback. They have a little chat about what's going on with the flame in Marul's chamber. And that's when Kershaw says that the caretaker had a band around his wrist. That was somewhat of a dead man switch, so she rigged it so that the flame would stay on, even though the guy was dead now. And Daniel's like, oh, shit, that means that the two forces as one was man and machine, so this machine can't work without the caretaker, so that sucks. Jaffa outside, leave, and the team is wondering why, but then all of a sudden they come back, and they've got friends with them now, and those friends are Jack and Grogan, who are all chained up (laughs) and looking quite unhappy kathy's brother comes in and tells them to lower the force field or else he's gonna kill their friends because that's how kathy's brother rolls yep he's a jerk he loves killing people's friends yeah right i know all the time yeah jack tells sam not to do it and says that it's an order so kathy's brother has him hit a few times the pain stick jack tells sam to blow up the machine and Greaves is like, no, I'm going to deactivate the force field. Everything will be fine. And Jack is really insistent. No, just blow it up. But Sam looks very meaningfully at him as she <laughs> says, no, I think it really is the best. I get that it's an order, but this is the right thing to do to let Greaves take down <laughs> the force field, sir. <laughs> Greaves puts his hands on the sentinel, and there's a big, big flash of light. All the Jaffa disappear, and it spreads throughout the entire city. There's no more explosions happening all of a sudden, so I guess the ship is gone, too. Sam notices that Greaves is gone. Teal'c says, so are the Jaffa, and I was wondering, how the hell is Teal'c still there? (laughs) But I guess that we're just going to conveniently ignore that. He is also a Jaffa. And apparently Kershaw's dead now because Sam closes her eyes. I Oh, Kershaw. I, I yeah, sorry. Yeah, yes. Kershaw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Greaves is just gone. Kershaw yeah, is Where the dead. fuck is he? Who knows? Right. I think he was, I guess, I don't know if the machine. See, this is a question I had about the episode that I'll get to, I guess, at the end of the scene, which is like, you know, in two more seconds. So basically, <laughs> wipe off the dust. Everything is over conveniently wrapped up. Man and machine working together to become a weapon, says Daniel. And Tilk's like, this was a great machine. We should ask if we can study it. Jack's like, mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> End episode. And that's when I was confused, very confused about if the caretaker had used it, would it have killed the caretaker or did it kill Greaves because of who Greaves was? Like, was there something special about the caretaker that would have kept him alive? And it would kill any other human who used it? Did it kill Greaves because Greaves was a bad guy? Like, does it know intent? Or was it trying to kill anything that had, like, a hagfish in it? Well, I mean, then Tilk would go. Right. Well, that's why I was confused about why Tilk was still there. And then if the caretaker had died using the machine, would Marul have seen the light go out? And if Marul saw the light go out, would he have even known what to do? Like, would he know that he needed to get a new caretaker and that... And how to get the new caretaker to use the machine since there was only one caretaker? Does that mean if he died, no one knows how to use it now? I had so many questions. Yeah, Yeah, no, I had many of those questions as well. Maybe there's a back way in that doesn't use a force field. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) You don't know. Did you like like the episode? I liked the episode. It was exciting, I thought. And I liked the follow-up of the... NID people who were convicted of treason. I feel like I had things to say about it and now I can't remember what they were. Fair. But I I enjoyed it. I thought Daniel was funny in this. He was. was. Kind of weird, but <laughs> but funny. And maybe I just thought a lot about Marul's ears. Oh, you know. <laughs> they are quite prominent. I yeah. was also thinking about just the way Marul was acting. It kind of reminded me of all of the characters spoiler for the good place in the good place 
who totally have lost their way. Yeah. Because everything's perfect all the time. It had that vibe to it. Fair. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's a really interesting idea to become so advanced to civilization that you can make all these amazing things work and then apparently just keep them working enough that your whole society just forgets yeah how do they function make them right yeah it's i thought that was really interesting and i Mm. just i don't know i enjoyed it i enjoyed the story that's about it (laughs) how about you it was fine i liked all the explosions of course (laughs) it was an interesting enough episode i didn't love it didn't dislike it either i had a lot of questions at the end obviously so that kind of annoyed me a little bit but overall i would say it was fine didn't love it didn't dislike it either it's kind of a solid meh but there were Again, lots of explosions, so love that part. All right. Yeah. What's next? Next. Oh, let's pull out the booklet. Booklet, booklet. Do, do, do. Okay. Next, we are going to be watching Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 21, penultimate episode of this season. Ooh. Meridian. Exposed to a lethal dose of radiation, Jackson has just hours to live. SG-1 tries everything in its power to save him, but as the hours tick away, Jackson's spirit meets with each member individually to discuss his next mission, life after death. (laughs) RSVP Daniel. (sighs) I remember this episode for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I'm good. As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe so you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. Likes and reviews are very much appreciated. Five-star reviews help people to find the show, especially over on places like Apple Podcasts. And if you would like to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram and Mastodon. You can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can send us messages through our website, which is stargatesing.space. And if you're feeling generous, you can help contribute to the show financially over at patreon.com slash stargatesing. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargatesing. The end. The end. Jack tells Greaves that they need to abandon the city again. Tells Greaves? Wait, what? No, Jack tells Grogan that they... No, wait. Where are you? Jack tells Marule. They're in Marule's chambers. Oh, okay. Yeah.